Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 78 of the show, and we're brought to you this week by Otis Pottery. Otis Pottery is a family-owned business that specializes in one-of-a-kind hand-thrown, handcrafted, and hand-painted stoneware. The online store at otispottery.net is filled with all kinds of beautiful and practical gift ideas. And I'll be sharing a discount code with you later in today's episode. So yes, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm joined this week by our favorite Hollywood housewife, Laura Tremaine. During One Day HH this year, Laura and I both happened to share pictures and some words about the workout routines that we are passionate about these days. For Laura, it's Pilates, and for me, it's strength training. Now, more than a few of you awesomes asked to hear more about this part of our lives, and so today, we're going to talk about exactly that. But before we get to how training our bodies is changing our lives, I want to fill you in on two quick things. First of all, there will be no new Sorta Awesome next week. As has become a tradition of sorts for us, we're taking the week of Thanksgiving off, but we do have a little something we've cooked up just for you. We, the Sort of Awesome team, have created a gift guide filled with all of our awesome gift suggestions for all of the people on your gift list this year. The Sort of Awesome gift guide will be available exclusively for our Patreon supporters. We have had such a great response to our listener support campaign, haven't we, Laura? What an encouragement it has been to see everybody like stand up and support the show. It's been super fun to hear from people. And I just have loved every second of this. And I know we were a little nervous to put it out there, but like how great the Sort of Awesome community has shown up for our show and um, for themselves and for us and for our community. It's, It's so fun to watch. It really has. And like Laura said, we were all a little bit nervous about how it'd go over, but it has gone great. So we have put together this gift guide for you just in time for your holiday shopping. So if you've been meaning to sign up and you haven't done that yet, 
I'd encourage you to head on over to patreon.com slash sorta awesome, where you can sign up to support the show at $5 a month. And then you will not miss out on this awesome filled holiday gift guide. Now, secondly, speaking of the holidays, Grove Collaborative, the company that's formerly known as ePantry, and I've talked about many times on the show how much I love Grove Collaborative, well, they have put together an awesome new offer to celebrate the holiday scents that have just come out from Mrs. Myers. We have already been sharing about this offer on our social media channels, and I wanted you to know that you can get all of the details about this offer from Grove Collaborative by going over to sortaawesomeshow.com slash grove, where you'll find everything you need to fill your house with wonderful scents from Mrs. Myers this holiday season. So, oh my goodness, that is so many words from me. Bless your hearts for hanging in there. Laura, please go ahead and get us started on this show the way we always do with our Awesome of the Week. Okay, my Awesome of the Week is a podcast, and I don't think I've ever chosen a podcast as my Awesome of the Week before. I, I love podcasts, of course. I listen to a lot of different ones. But most of the time, I feel like I'm kind of listening to things the Awesomes already know or have heard of, or it feeds my true crime obsession, which I think I'm in the minority on. So anyway, I don't always talk about those on the show, but my new favorite podcast, I mean, I'm absolutely obsessed with this, is is more universal. I think the Awesomes would love it, and it actually came as a recommendation from you, Megan. Oh, good. So, you know it's good then. Um, <laughs> the show is Off Camera with Sam Jones. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of my very favorites. It's an interview show with celebrities, but when I say that, like that explanation does not really do it justice because it's not like your normal celebrity interviews. It's like slow and thoughtful. Like it's usually over an hour. So you're kind of sitting there with the guests in that time. Um, You're not just getting like, you know, like a lot of times when you hear celebrity interviews, you're kind of getting like their media junket Mm, type of rehearsed, you know, Stories, And it is not like that. It is truly like listening in on one of the best conversations you've ever heard. I've been so into it and binge listening to it. And I do not, I'm not a binge listener to shows, even if I find a show I really like, unless it's a series where you have to listen to like 10 episodes to get what's going on. Otherwise, if I just find a new show that I like, I usually just kind of pick up with where we are and subscribe or yeah, whatever. I yeah, don't yeah. I don't necessarily go back and listen to their whole catalog. With Off Camera, I'm going back and listening <laughs> to like all of his archives. That is how good it is. That is huge because there's like several years worth of episodes to dig into. I know. It's similar to Alex Baldwin's Here's the mm-hmm. Thing yes. podcast a little bit, which is also one of my very favorites. But it's quieter than mm, that. Yes. Even, it's kind of a little less provocative. Um, I love Alex Baldwin's style, but he is, a, not needling is too strong of a word, but he's kind of, he's asking like really hard questions and stuff, trying to get something out. Right. I feel like with Alec Baldwin, I feel like the distinction between these two shows is that Alec Baldwin kind of inserts himself and his own personality into the interview a lot, which is fine. Mm. And I do, I think it's an, it makes for an enjoyable dynamic. Sam Jones, I feel like is not that way. He's very like, you can trust him as the interviewer. He's not 
asking questions to be provocative. You you trust the way he's getting people to tell their stories. I, I just think it's, yeah, it's an, a fantastic way to talk to people. Did I say Alex Baldwin? Because I meant Alec Baldwin. I think you did. <laughs> I know that guy's name. I, I just have it wrong in my notes. Um, Okay. But the other thing I like about it, do not let this shut you down. I know this will shut some people down. It has some notes of Howard Stern interviews. Hmm. Now, a lot of awesomes, I'm just going to make like this huge guess that maybe a lot of awesomes don't listen to Howard Stern. I think that's he probably is accurate. Not, <laughs> yeah. He is not my typical cup of tea at all, but Jeff loves Howard Stern and we used to listen to him in the car or like, honestly, like Jeff would have him on as the alarm clock in the morning. Um, and I, if you can get past some of the like vulgarity or like the things that annoy you, Howard Stern is one of the best interviewers I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He is kind of like a casual way of bringing up big, deep ideas. And because people feel um, feel like this very false sense of safety, if you will, when they're talking to Howard Stern, people end up saying things on that show that you've never heard them say before. True. Very true. So there are kind of notes of that with this. There's no, it's, there's nothing about it that's, um, that's vulgar or, or anything. But I, I do, I feel like there are things about that that people feel safe with Sam Jones and they end up sort of like talking about things maybe they've never talked about before. So anyway, that's my huge endorsement. I started with the Kristen Bell episode. I was just going to ask if you've listened to the Kristen Bell. It's probably one of my very favorites he's done. Well, that's I. That's the one I started with because I think that's what you told me to go listen to because she talks about her struggles with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge Kristen Bell fan. I loved Veronica Mars. Obviously, my kids like Frozen. I loved um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, I'm just a Kristen Bell fan in general. So it was easy for me to go press play on that one and made me love her. Mm -hmm. And she talks a ton about her husband, Dak Shepard. So then, of course, I went and listened to that one. Then I, you know, I just like fell down the off-camera rabbit hole. I listened to Linda Cardellini, which was excellent. One of my favorites was um, Dave Grohl. Have you listened to the Dave Grohl one? I, I started it yesterday on your recommendation. I didn't get very far in, but what I heard so far was amazing. Listen, that one is so amazing. Even if you're not a music person, it's just the way he talks about living a creative life is like amazing. Anyway, that's my that's my awesome of the week, and it's one I'm really excited about because I think if people are just looking for thoughtful distraction instead of just like fluffy distraction, mm -hmm. it is so perfect for that. It really is. Oh, I'm so glad you're into it. It's such a fantastic show. Love it. Okay. Well, my awesome of the week also is a is a thoughtful distraction. I hadn't even thought of it about it that way until you said that just now. But my awesome of the week is one that we've kind of been talking about a little in the Hangout group already, and it is the Netflix original series, The Crown. Have you started this, Laura? No. Okay. And I didn't know you were going to say that. So I want to hear about it because I've seen the commercials. It's so excellent. I myself have been surprised by how much I love it. So if you're not familiar with The Crown, The Crown follows, it's a 10 episode Netflix series. It follows the early years of the reign of Her Royal Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And I was surprised by how much I love this because, you know, I like most people our age. I love Will and Kate and their darling children, George and Charlotte. Everybody does. Um, growing up, I certainly remember the scandal of, well, I remember the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana, and then the scandal a few years later of their divorce. 
I have never been that highly interested in the queen herself. She's sort of just been this like older lady in the background of a lot of these scandals and even in a lot of the happy events like Will and Kate's wedding and those types of things. So I didn't know really what to expect. And because I didn't know that much about Queen Elizabeth's life, I have spent like half of the series frantically Googling things like, when did the Queen Mum die? Did Prince <laughs> Philip have affairs? I mean, like, I have all of these questions, like, how much of this is real and how much is fiction? So I'm getting my ahead of myself a little bit. So The Crown follows the story of Queen Elizabeth from the time she married her husband, Prince Philip, also known as the 11th Doctor to Doctor Who fans, uh, through her coronation at the age of 25. Her father, King George VI, died, um, you know, very early from lung cancer. And when she was 25 years old, she was crowned the Queen of England. And so then it just kind of follows the years after that. Um, the tension in her marriage, the, the marriage between she and Prince Philip, um, the tension that it creates between she and her sister, Princess Margaret. The, there's so many universal themes, this idea of love and honor and love and devotion to family, devotion to country. In the way that most British entertainment is, it's very understated. It's not like, I wasn't, again, I just wasn't sure what to expect. It's not like reading a textbook, but it's also not like reading a gossip magazine. You know, it's like very understated, but very compelling to the point where Kyla and I, Kyla's gotten just as into it as I have. We've been talking about some of these themes and the the characters who are real people talking about their lives and the choices they had to make. Winston Churchill, the prime minister of England at the time, um, played by John Lithgow, plays a huge role in the course of the series and in Queen Elizabeth's early years. It's just so great. And one of the things that I had not even thought about, Winston Churchill, when Queen Elizabeth has been crowned, he makes a comment about how England has thrived under the scepter of her queens. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's really true. I don't know a ton about English history, but I do know, you know, Queen Elizabeth II is a, a remarkable example, but Queen Elizabeth I, Queen Victoria, they're these notable queens who have ruled for many, many years over the United Kingdom. And I don't know, I just cannot say enough about how it has been really, truly a thoughtful distraction in the midst of all of the uh, current cultural chaos that we're going through. So highly, highly recommend The Crown. Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out then because I do love uh, British history. I actually am not super into the current royals, Will and Kate. I mean, I watched their wedding, but I do not have the fascination that a lot of people my age do. But I love the history. Like in college, I took a Tudor history class and then a Stuart history class. Like I was super into it. And you know what else? My dad, several years ago, gave me a biography about Prince Philip. Oh, fascinating. And he like highly recommended. He was like, you have to read this. Seriously, you have to read this. And my dad does not do that about very many books. He's a big reader like I am, but we read like such vastly different things <laughs> that we don't necessarily recommend to each other too often. And he bought me that book and was like, you have to read this. And it has been sitting on my shelf for years now. I, it's kind of inspiring me to go pick it up. I'm going to need you to go ahead and read that because I have a lot of questions about Prince Philip. Like the series, The Crown, honestly plays him as a jerk, at least in the early years of their marriage. I don't know how things have turned out over the decades, but wow, 
Like, we spend most of the episodes, Kyle and I, being like, what is Prince Philip's deal? Like, what's his actual problem? (laughs) So please do take your father's sage advice and go read that biography and report back. I will. I will report back. Also, I don't want to butcher these stories, but I've always heard hilarious stories about the queen. Like, I feel like, and I don't want to totally misstate this because I know that we have um, people from the UK who listen to our show, but- Yes, yes, we do. I studied abroad um, in college in England, and then we have here in Los Angeles several British friends, and they seem to have such great affection for the Queen, like way more than than <laughs> the generations after her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I can say having watched The Crown now, I do as well. I'm like Queen Elizabeth II is an amazing rock star of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> And I did not hold that opinion. I had like no opinion of her before. So it's it's so good. I want you to watch it so we can talk about it. Okay, good one. Okay, well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Laura and I both have had these new sort of revelations in our life about the power of finding um, sort of, I'm going to say a workout regime, but it's actually, I feel like Laura and I, as we talk about this, are going to find it's, it's more than just workout stuff. Ways of training our bodies that are really working for us right now. Again, Laura's going to be talking about Pilates and I'll be talking about strength training, but I thought it'd be fun before we dig into that to talk a little bit about our own personal histories with athletics or fitness in general. Now, Laura, from from our high school days together, I'm sure you know that I was never much of an athlete. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> you played tennis, did you? And you were in um, drill team and, and some other things that required some athleticism. Do you think, did, have you ever really considered yourself to be athletic? No, no, I am not naturally athletic at all. I'm naturally coordinated. So um, I can play tennis, I can throw a ball and get it in the basketball hoop, but I am not like athletic. Like my muscles are non-existent. My <laughs> my cardio tolerance has never been there. Even when I was like the youngest and healthiest, I just, I, I like abhor it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I am similar in that way. Thinking back, even in childhood, there were a few years early on I would say when I was like in kindergarten, first grade range, I took ballet at our local ballet teacher. We lived in a very teeny tiny small town and there was one ballet teacher. She taught everyone in town who wanted to take dance. So I took dance for a few years. Then we moved away from that town and my parents just kind of, my sister and I both took dance um, in that studio. And then we moved away and they, our parents just kind of never put us back into dance. Um, and then really fast forwarding through middle school, high school, college years, I just was not into anything athletic at all. Um, when Kyle and I were um, living in Fort Worth, when he was coaching, I did go through a phase where I decided I wanted to get um, sort of shaped up for my sister's wedding. I was the matron of honor in her wedding. And so wanted to make a few changes for that. And I started running then. And I started doing some Pilates at home. And so running has been something that I've taken up on and off through the years. That kind of ended where a couple of years ago, I um, trained for and ran in a a 10K. And I was so proud of myself for having done that, but I hurt my knee really badly doing that to the point where I just never have really been able to consistently run again because my knee hurts so bad. So besides that, besides some brief flirtation with running, and by running, I mean like... (laughs) 
<laughs> jogging would be a generous way to describe that. Um, I just really have never found any kind of um, consistent thing that I've just like really been into and really felt great about. So No, I, ha- I have like an aversion. I mean, even when I was growing up, I went every summer for a month to a sports camp. And you were supposed to pick like a specialty, like you were supposed to be like, I really want to learn more about volleyball or whatever. And I'd be like, I choose arts and crafts. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) My parents were really getting their money's worth at that sports camp. And I was like, I'm going to take knots. Perfect. Yes. Well, I wanted to cover a little bit of ground there to kind of give you some context where Laura and I are coming from, that it's so remarkable that she and I, that we are two people who are sitting down and talking about this thing that has come into our life, these things that have come into our life that are literally changing our lives that have to do with training our bodies in in certain ways. So that just gives you a little bit of historical context for the two of us. We are going to dig into what is working for us right now how we got into it and why it's working for us in just a few minutes after this break from our sponsor. Hi, awesomes. Now, I know how much you all love supporting small businesses, and I really know how much you love finding handmade gifts. I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Otis Pottery. Otis Pottery is a family-run business that believes in creating pottery that is as beautiful as it is functional. They believe the pottery pieces in your home should bring you joy when you use them. And that's why they take the time to handcraft each piece. Each of their pottery pieces is hand-thrown or hand-built, hand-painted. They are all lead-free and fired to high temperatures, which means they can withstand heat from your dishwasher, your oven, and your microwave. You can browse their online shop at otispottery.net, where they offer over 50 unique products. Some of their popular items include serving bowls, utensil holders, coffee mugs, vases, pie plates, and platters. They also have gift sets for the holidays, like a gift box with Michigan maple syrup and an Otis Pottery maple syrup warmer, or a gift set that includes Michigan honey and an Otis Pottery honey pot. One thing I found in their shop that is particularly awesome is the Brie Baker. I think this would make a perfect hostess gift for this holiday season. Each Brie Baker also comes tied with a cute little wooden spreader and instructions on how to bake Brie right on the pottery. There really is so much to discover in their online store at otispottery.net. Now, from now until December 15th, you can use discount code SORTA15, S-O-R-T-A-15, at checkout for 15% off any size order. Also, keep an eye out for the special gift that they include in orders over $150. Again, you'll want to head to otispottery.net, use code SORTA15 at checkout. Thank you so much to Otis Pottery, and thank you, Awesomes, for supporting small businesses the way you do. We are back. And today, Laura and I are talking about the training that we're doing with our bodies that's actually changing our lives. So, Laura, I know sort of some bits and pieces about how you got into Pilates and what you're learning through it, but I would love to hear just the whole thing. Like, where did it start? What are you learning from it? Just tell us all about you and Pilates, because the picture that you posted on Instagram, even I, and I know that you've been practicing this for a while. I was like, oh, I actually want to hear a lot more about this. So... 
I feel like I could talk about this for many, many minutes. I, um, I have a little bit of history in yoga, which I didn't mention before, but I've done yoga off and on for years after I moved to Los Angeles, where obviously there's like a yoga studio on every corner. But I didn't do it so much for exercise, although of course you can. I was doing it more of a spiritual practice a little bit, just a way to to get still. And in my mind, I've always kind of conflated yoga and Pilates as sort of something that goes together. Honestly, when I was thinking about this episode and what I wanted to say about why I started going to Pilates, I could not come up with (laughs) a concrete answer. And I don't want to get too woo-woo, but I honestly feel like it kind of came into my life in like one of those things that you can't explain where it even came from. And it has like changed my whole year. Mm -hmm. I will say that logistically, I started going to the place I started going because I have a friend who she and her husband both went to a very specific Pilates trainer to rehab injuries. One of them had a shoulder injury. One of them had an ankle or something. I don't remember. And so when she was telling me about it, she was talking about her trainer in a way that was like, no, it's not woo-woo. It's not a lot of exercise. It's almost like rehab. It's almost like medical. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I latched on to that because I'm drawn to the spiritual. But for some reason, I thought, okay, maybe I can do this. Although I did not have a really specific injury that that I needed rehabbed, I knew on some level and have known for a while that I've been really disconnected from my body. Got it. Yes. Totally relate. And I um, had heard Krista Tippett talk on her podcast on being a little bit about the body. And, you know, I was getting – I feel like I was getting these messages from several different sources about reconnecting to your body. I started a mindfulness practice last summer, so a year and a half ago, where sitting with myself um, in in meditation – which I use the meditation app Headspace most often. And I knew a lot of times he has you like check in with your body. And I just knew that there was like a Grand Canyon. (laughs) Yes. Between my brain and my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like I I have, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. I've had two children. I have some of the kind of common late 30s complaints about that. I um, have some pelvic floor issues from childbirth. I had a really severe ankle injury a couple of years ago that never really healed right and always since then have felt sort of unsteady when I wear high heels, which I like to do because that ankle has always felt really weak. But all of these were just not, um, I mean, they're not huge. They're not like something you would go to the doctor for. I decided to just try out this woman. You know, a a huge reason that I did it, I mean, huge, I think this matters, is proximity. I mean, I can almost like see it from, I can't really, but like it is so close to my house and my friend was giving it such a glowing recommendation. I was kind, it was kind of like, what do I have to lose? I have done literally nothing else. So I started going and the first time I went, she was teaching me like my train, it's a one-on-one trainer who I see. I was too scared to try a class or anything because I'd never done Pilates, not one minute of Pilates. I didn't know the difference between Matt Pilates and performer. And like, I didn't know anything. So um, I went with this trainer and her name's Curry. And she was teaching me like just the basics, like literally like 
the basics of your body and how you hold yourself. And she was kind of making me like, okay, stand up straight, what you think is straight. And then she would like adjust my body to be like, okay, no, this is actually what standing up straight right. is. Yeah. And just that very first session, I was like, okay, this, this is exactly what I need. It's not exercise in the way that you dread. There's no cardio. Like there's no, you can do, just to clarify, if people are going to go kind of research Pilates studios in their area, there's a lot of different kinds of Pilates in the same way that there's a lot of different types of yoga. I do Fletcher Pilates, which is a really specific Pilates developed by Ron Fletcher, who studied with Mr. Pilates. Um, and it is it is really about body movement as opposed to exercise. Exercise yes. Pilates is fantastic and you can do that. Mm-hmm. But they're, what I'm talking about is a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as she started working with me, just doing the most basic things, Megan, I just became so aware of how weak mm. I had gotten. Mm. Yes. Like physically weak. Like I could not do a basic sit-up. Um, my whole core mm-hmm. and my butt, which is really, really important, those muscles back there with how you hold yourself and stuff That's like right. that. They were just like like deflated balloons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they didn't look bad. I didn't I didn't like hate the way I looked or anything like that. But when I started doing even the the most basic minimal exercises, I was like, I I am so weak. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm I'm nodding along vigorously, not because I'm like, yes, Laura, you are so weak, but I am hearing so much of my own story and what you're saying. So I'm loving this. Keep going. So it just kind of started like that. She was, she is, I still see her um, two and three times a week. She was so gentle and patient with me. She was so encouraging. I was probably six or eight sessions in before I could do a sit up, a, like a sit up from laying down. And the first time I did it, I literally burst into tears. Oh, yeah. Not because um, I was like so proud of myself or something, but I w- but because... It was a tangible example of I couldn't do this thing and now I can do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like I have – my body can do this thing it could not do six weeks ago. Yeah. Love or whatever. Um, so she taught me a lot of things about how I hold myself, how I hold my posture when I'm driving, when I'm sleeping, um, when I'm carrying a plate of dinner to the table. Like just the way I hold myself, our body overcompensates when it's in pain or um, when you've been sick or when, you know, anything like your body gets into these really bad habits mm-hmm. of how it holds itself. And that's how we end up with bad posture. I've never had great posture to begin with. But her sort of like really talking to me with like grounding myself from my toes, the way my toes grip the floor to where my head is in relation to my neck. Like her working with me on these like very basic things has totally changed the way I hold myself, which also has changed like minimal pain levels that you just get used to. You get used to like an ache in your shoulder or, you know, whatever. Like we're just used to it. They're not that bad. All of those things have shifted for me. Mm-hmm. So it's almost funny to talk about on this episode, we're sort of framing it like a workout. It is a workout. It is exercise. I am 
gaining strength, but it's not like, it's just not how I thought it would be. It's, this is not like a CrossFit experience. This is not like, which I'm, I'm all for the people who do that. I have lots of people I know who do that, but this is a, a mind body shift that is really changing my life and not just in an exercise way. It is changing the way I think about my body, myself. I just was so disconnected. I didn't think of my body. I thought of it as an instrument or something, you know, like a way to get things from A to B. I did not think of it as tied up to my spiritual and emotional life. And it it 100% yes. is. I am loving so much hearing that part of your story and that theme of feeling weak versus feeling strong and the emotions that have come out for you as you've gone through the Pilates training. It's all so familiar to my story. So one thing I didn't mention this in my kind of history with, with workouts or whatever, one thing that I had done in the past before I got pregnant with the twins is I did there's, you know, Beachbody has a ton of different workouts that you can do at home. And um, years ago, I had gotten one called Shalene Extreme, which is um, like, like dumbbell training, um, lots of different exercises. I loved it. I did it um, probably for a solid year. And again, this was before I got pregnant with the twins. I loved how strong I felt. I have never in my life before that Shalene workout, I had never done any kind of strength training at all. So I was like, this is amazing. Like I can see muscle definition. I just was feeling so great about my body. So I got pregnant with the twins in 2012. And as I have talked about a couple of different times on the show, it was very hard on my body. After they were born, I just like my core was just shot. Mm -hmm. Like it would, I could feel we live in a two story house and also our laundry rooms in our basement. So I'm up and down the stairs all day, every day after they were born. And I was kind of back on my feet. Um, I could just feel even in going up and down the stairs, how I had nothing there to support even just the movement of going up and down stairs. Mm -hmm. And I really, did not like that. It felt very, it was just, I don't know, disempowering in a weird way. And at the same time, I was getting lots of messages from family and friends like, oh my gosh, your body is so amazing. And, you know, it grew two humans. And that is true. But in a weird way, I felt like the pregnancy of the twins and their birth and the recovery, those were things that were like happening to me. You know what I mean? Like I did not feel like I had an active thing, mm -hmm. an active role in that whole experience. So eventually, and this really kind of started back up last year, I guess, I was like, I'm going to get out, I'm going to get out the dumbbells, I'm going to start doing Shalene again. I know I can do that. I always felt great when I was doing it. So started doing that and was feeling good about it. But at the same time, I, and I was talking to Kyle about this. Um, for those of you who maybe are new to the show, my husband is a former football coach, um, understands the concepts of kinesiology, the way our bodies work, the way muscles work. He was a former football player himself and a former like competed at, you know, state level weightlifting stuff when he was in high school and those types of things. So this is kind of his area. So I was talking to him the whole time about how much I love it, but I just felt like I could just, there's, there had to be more because I felt like it was not really um, helping me with this weakness that I was feeling in my core. So he did a bunch of research and he was like, you know what? He is in his early forties. He has a ton of old aches and pains and injuries from when he was playing football. 
And he was like, I think that the solution to to what we both are needing right now is to just get out like the barbells, like old fashioned core uh, lifts in strength training. So that is what he did. He did all the research for it. <laughs> we have a very old rundown, you know, like our house is a 1920s era house. We have an old rundown garage that is not okay for parking vehicles in that we've just been using it for storage. He cleaned it all out, converted it into a weight room with really big heavy weights. And we just started and he found a program called uh, Starting Strength that is just, it's actually just the very basics of strength training. So whereas um, a program like CrossFit takes the basics of strength training and then combines some competition stuff and some more like exercise type lifts, starting strength is just, it's squat. It's, um, we squat every single time we do a workout. It is some kind of upper body. So we alternate back and forth between an overhead press and a bench press. And then it is doing um, deadlifts where you're taking weight and you're lifting it straight up off of the ground. And in each of these lifts that we do every time we work out, and we do this three times a week, it engages muscles. Like you think, when you think about strength training, you think, oh, your arms are going to get so, you know, ripped or whatever. Your legs or quads are going to get really strong. But really, because it's the because of the heaviness of the weights that we're lifting, it is working our cores. It's working like you were talking about those those muscles that go through your lower back and into your butt and all of those places that like you, I was just feeling so much weakness in those areas. I it's changing my posture and it's changing the way that I carry myself. The emotional component of it, Laura, has been so huge. There was one day after I finished doing these um sort of they're like dead rows where you're just picking up weight off of the ground and kind of doing a row um, movement with them. When I was done with the set, I just burst into tears. And Kyle was like, um, <laughs> why are you crying? <laughs> and I was like, I know this is hard for you to understand, but my whole life I have believed I had no upper body strength. I just, that, that message was so embedded. I've always been terrible at push-ups. I could never do, you know, like pull-ups or chin-ups in any kind of PE class. I didn't realize how deeply I felt so ashamed that I had no upper body strength. And when I finished this set of these, which were hard, but not like, I wasn't like about to die or anything, but just like I finished that set and I didn't even think I could start it. I was just, I couldn't help it. I just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of it for me has that has been critical has been the body image thing. So in the past, like when I was running, um, it, most any other kind of exercise, I always had an eye on weight loss. I decided when we started doing strength training, I wasn't going to take any measurements or judge anything except for the increase in weight that I'm able to lift each time, because that's part of the starting strength program is it's linear weight training. So every single time we go out and do a workout, each of those lifts, we add a little bit of weight. So every single time I finish a workout, I am stronger than <laughs> than I had been at the time of our last workout. So I decided I'm not going to record my number on the scale. I'm not going to take measurements. I am not going to do this for the purpose of watching anything shrink. What I'm going to watch is the number that grows 
in the weight room every single time I, I pick up mm. the, um, the barbell and the weights and, and I'm going to stay focused on that. If I lose weight, if I go down a dress size or two, that is fantastic and that will be great. But I know myself that if I stay focused on that number, I'll just get discouraged and quit, honestly. <laughs> That's right. So just changing the perspective in that way has been really great. And it really has been so empowering. This is the first time that I've been training my body that I just feel so strong and it feels really great. So I love the idea of changing what you're measuring. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't weigh myself hardly at all. I, we don't really even keep a scale in our house and that's not like, I'm not taking a big stand on that. It's just just not what we do mm -hmm. um, for any reason. But I know just by the way my clothes fit and yes. and whatever that I kind of lose and gain the same five vanity pounds over and over. Sure, yes. Um, and that has not changed since I've done Pilates. So like you, I didn't start with any kind of weight loss goals or anything like that, which is good because I haven't lost any weight <laughs> <laughs> with Pilates. But what I measured sort of um, maybe a little more subconsciously in the beginning than what you're saying, because I love what you're saying. You were, you were measuring as the weights went up. I kind of measured how many times I went ah, to Pilates. Yes, that's right. So to me, I kind of started measuring like I've gone two times this week or I've gone three times this week. Now, I still just see the the personal trainer. I've been to a couple of classes, but I get a little shy and, and I don't like that so much. So I buy these packages of like 20 personal trainer classes. And so I'm more keeping track of how many times I've gone. Mm -hmm. And and that has been a good thing to measure. Yes. Um, because I can feel a difference in my brain if I don't go as many times that week or or whatever. Now, to me, it is like a like the badge that I'm holding on to as we approach the end of the year. I started the last week in January. It's, is the first time I went. And um every single week that I have been in town in Los Angeles, I've gone two or three times. Mm -hmm. So minimum two times a week. And that like I feel so proud of myself for saying that. And that's just measuring the just the amount of times I went. There's definitely nothing wrong with um, having a goal of weight loss if you feel like that you're in an unhealthy place or something like that. But I do feel like I'm glad that we're talking about this without even planning it, that that wasn't our goals. And then in fact, that hasn't been a side effect of mine. Mm -hmm. I do think that my body looks really different. Right. Yes. I can tell even that just in seeing how, how you've changed over the, the course of the year. I mean, my um, even my undergarments fit differently, if I may be so bold. <laughs> but but um, I mean, that's true. Like my the band around my bra has changed, but like my the number on the scale, yes, has not. Right. And I think that that um, I don't know. I'm sort of glad we're talking about that because I think a lot of times people only talk about exercise in terms of weight loss or or maintaining a weight loss, and I just. That's not the only thing. You know, I think that for me, I, I talked about on the show how I had to come to a place of being like, I can be happy at any size. And I had to do a lot of mental work to get to the place of saying like, 
if I never am back down to the size I was before I got pregnant with the twins, like if this is where I am the rest of my life, I can either choose to be feel miserable about that or I can work with my body to feel great about that. Something else I never I didn't mention in my history of like athleticism, even though I wasn't an athlete in high school and college. I had so many people who would ask me if I played softball or if I was a dancer because I've always had really just like muscular thighs. Now, they haven't always been developed muscularly, but I just have thick thighs and am thick through that area. And so in a lot of ways, I've just I almost feel like I'm like cheating the system because I have found a way to train my body that works with the way my body was created. If I'm going to have thick, muscular looking thighs anyway, no matter what I do, (laughs) I may as well develop those muscles and feel really great. I feel so strong and powerful through that part of my body, through my, my lower back, down into my legs. I've always been fairly naturally strong there, but to know that I'm really developing that and just seeing, like you said, the way it changes everything about how I carry my body. The positive that I have seen in just the few short weeks that since we started doing this, although, like I said, I was doing um, dumbbell training before, the positive that I'm seeing in how I feel about my body has, I just, I honestly don't even think about weight loss anymore. I really don't. I don't think about like, oh gosh, I wish I was back down to this size again. It doesn't even enter my mind because like all of those thoughts have kind of finally been crowded out because I'm feeling pretty great about what I can do in the weight room. So Yeah, I do think that finding what works for you, either that's your body, like you're saying, or if your mental state, Mm -hmm. it matters so much. I'm actually finding this, a lot of these lessons are spilling over into all parts of my life. Yes. Because I had such an aversion to exercise beforehand, um, and I, I initially approached Pilates as almost like a rehabilitation instead of an exercise program. And just the movements that one does in Pilates on the reformer, there's a lot, or in, or on the Cadillac, there's a lot of different machines. But the actual exercises you're doing, it just works with my brain. And I would not have known that until I tried it. Yes. I feel like if you don't really know what's going to work with your brain, you just have to try it. Like maybe you go to jazzercise. Maybe you try CrossFit. Maybe you try running. Maybe none of that works and you do yoga. I don't even know. But like- I wouldn't have known. Like someone just saying it to me, I still wouldn't have known. That's right. Like you really have to find out for yourself what works for you on a spiritual mm-hmm. and physical level. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. If if you're listening and you're thinking, ugh, I would never want to lift weights or there's no way I can make Pilates work, whatever. I hope the main takeaway is – Finding something that works. And and I think that looking at your life holistically, that is so important. The spiritual component as well as the physical, the mental, the logistic part of it. So let's talk a little bit about these logistics, the practicalities of what we're doing. You said you are going to a Pilates studio. So you're working on the actual Pilates machines. I am with a trainer. Now, I know that is an indulgence. And, you know, Jeff and I had to talk about it when it first started because, you know, my the initial 20 classes I bought or whatever were an investment, but I thought, well, I'm just going to do this to kind of learn the basics and then I'm going to start going to classes, which are more reasonable or whatever. And then when I was done with my 20 sessions, I was like, I, I really want to continue in this way. So that is um, something that 
you know, we that is part of our budget, like that we've decided is worth it for us to invest in this way because, you know, personal trainer, you know, is a luxury item. But for me right now, it is so shifting myself that that we're just investing in me yes. <laughs> that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, logistically, I know I already said this, but it really bears repeating. One of the things that keeps me going is that it is right down the street. Right. Yes. And I know some people, you, you're working out at home, and I know a lot of friends who work out at home um, in several different kinds of ways. I just, it doesn't work for me to work out at home. Mm-hmm. I just, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I know someone um, on your Instagram was even curious about, like, what do you wear? Do you have to have special gear, special kind of clothing or whatever for, for the Pilates that you're doing? Or No, it's a personal preference. They like you to wear form-fitting clothes because they're they're really focusing on the muscles and so they need to be able to kind of see what you know that they're working mm-hmm. through your clothes mm-hmm. um, men wear shorts and a t-shirt which i'm sure women could too most women wear your typical workout clothes i will say i did not want to spend money on workout clothes when i started this like i was like against it actively so i wore over and over an old pair of lululemon black yoga pants that I bought years ago that had gotten barely any use and like um, some gray workout pants from Target, like Champion brand. Mm-hmm. I wore those two for like <laughs> probably four or five months until I was finally like, you know, I'm doing this three times a week. Like <laughs> I'm going to buy a few things. <laughs> so I went to, uh, but I would often just wear a t-shirt, you know, a more form fitting t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't, like to wear like tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't like that. So I went to the Lululemon outlet. I went to the outlet mall and bought, you know, three pairs of pants. Mainly, I only spend money on the pants, mm-hmm. and then I just wear like a plain black t-shirt and sports bra mm-hmm. or whatever. Right, right. Um, people who listen for a long time know my love of the <laughs> I Uniboob. Know. I was gonna say, yeah, hashtag Uniboob, hashtag Uniboob. Um, but then I will say my my splurge that I bought for myself when I was in Utah on a girls' trip, I came across these, I don't know how you say this, aloe pants, A-L-O. Um, and they are they were so cute, I couldn't handle it. I just had to buy them. They are an investment, but they could be on your Christmas list, maybe. I love that brand. I love so many things from that line. But yeah, other than that, I mean there's no there's no set thing you have to wear. What do you wear? Um, right now, because it's still very mild here in Oklahoma, I just wear just like regular workout leggings. Like, I don't even know what brand they are. They're probably from Target or somewhere. Um, and a t-shirt. I do, as it gets colder, we'll just wear sweatpants, like old-fashioned 80s era, <laughs> nothing fancy sweatpants and sweatshirts. Um, I wear a sports bra, um, too. I did have to get a new pair of shoes because when you are doing um, this kind of strength training with this heavy of weights, you cannot, your um, heel cannot be elevated or else it just, it throws off your balance. It, your muscles don't engage properly. So I bought a pair, this is what Kyle recommended, a pair of Adidas Sambas, which are just like a basic sneaker. Um, they are completely flat sold. So that's really the only mm-hmm like thing that I had to invest in that I didn't already have. Um, 
And I realized too that my situation is really super specific in that not everybody has a husband who understands <laughs> how to be a strength trainer. <laughs> not everybody has, even if they did have that, has a husband who works from home, who has a wildly flexible schedule to build into this and to set up a weight room at home. That is very specific. I totally get that. The great thing about CrossFit being so popular is that you may, if you want to pursue strength training, like old-fashioned barbell strength training, you may check with your local CrossFit gym. Even my husband's hometown, which has like less than 5,000 people, even that has a CrossFit gym. So I know CrossFit gyms are everywhere. You may check with your local CrossFit gym to see if they would let you come and do uh, work with a trainer and do just a core workout instead of doing the whole CrossFit. I think that if you've never worked with weights before at all, it would to me, it would feel really intimidating to go to CrossFit, although I know that's part of like the appeal is that you don't have to have a weight training background. But you might check and see if you can just start with doing some core lifts, even if you start with if your local gym or the local Y has any kind of um, dumbbell class, just starting somewhere and seeing if you like it, like you were saying, just giving it a try, see if it's for you. I would never say that strength training is for everybody, but I have loved it. And I'm the queen of the unathletic. So it's been really great. I'm not really advocating Pilates for everyone in the world, although it has super worked for me. I think the reason that I wanted to talk on this show about it was just to encourage people to explore the relationship between their mind and their body. Yes, definitely. So everyone is so different. And, you know, I've heard my whole life going through anxiety stuff and even some depression stuff, although that's been less my problem. But I've always heard like exercise is the anecdote to that. And actually, that pissed me off. (laughs) Right. Yes. Like, I would be like, no, like, taking up a jogging habit is not going to lift your depression. Like, it actually really made me mad because I felt like it was, you know, poo-pooing how serious Mm. mental struggles are. Yes. Still a little bit of me feels that way for sure. But doing this, just reconnecting my body to where my mind is has made me feel younger, has given me some optimism that I didn't even know I had slid into some pessimism about aging or babies or, you know, whatever. I didn't even know I had kind of slid there until, until that lifted. And... I just, I do think all these things work together. And not just if you have anxiety or whatever, your struggles, you can be perfectly happy and healthy and whatever. And those things still work together. Like it really is like a holistic, and I can't believe I just used that crunchy word, (laughs) but it really is like a holistic way to view your being. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Yes. And I didn't, I did not put any faith in that being a real thing. <laughs> I didn't until, until I really saw it changing. I, I feel like literally younger in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. I completely get that. So, well, we would love to hear from you all what you are doing, what you're finding, what questions you might have about this whole concept, like Laura was just saying, how to find something that is going to elevate your spirit as well as train your body 
how it can change your life. So come find us on social media. We for sure will be talking about this in the sort of awesome hangout group. But Laura, remind us where we can find you all around the web. Well, if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to my podcast, Smartest Person in the Room, that Megan, you produce and edit. We are starting a new religion series that started this week. I would love it if you guys would go give a listen to Smartest Person in the Room and subscribe there. But if you want to connect with me on social media, I am Laura Tremaine on Twitter and Laura.Tremaine on Instagram. That's right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Once again, this week's episode is brought to you by Otis Pottery. At otispottery.net, you'll find a huge selection of handmade and hand-painted stoneware pieces that will delight anyone on your gift list, or maybe even make an extra special gift for yourself. You're awesome. You deserve it. Go to otispottery.net and use code SORTA15 at checkout for 15% off of any purchase now through December 15th. Thank you again to Otis Pottery. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.